Welcome to the Off the Charts Football Podcast. I'm Justin Stein, the producer of the show. Matt and the rest of the guys are off this week for the holidays, so we're going to throw it back and take a look at some of our preseason over-under win totals. We'll be back next week with a new episode, so stay tuned. I already teed it up, and I want to get things moving right away. So, with the first pick in the AFC over-unders draft, I'm taking the Steelers. The line that we were given was 8.5. The model projects them for 10.5. A lot of my methodology was, where did my intuition match the largest differences that our model presented? And this was one of those spots. And I knew I wanted to snatch it up before James had an opportunity to pick. Yeah, they were definitely on my list. So congratulations on winning the first overall selection. Justin set the order. (laughs) Does the model know that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback? The model does, in fact, know that Kenny Pickett is the quarterback. I think we projected every team in this division with winning records, it looks like, which seems difficult, but it was based on simulations. So it's certainly possible. I didn't check. Did anybody look at what division they're facing, what divisions they face this year in their schedule? Yeah, the schedule is actually pretty easy. They played the NFC West and the NFC side and they get the AFC South. So they get probably arguably the two easiest divisions on the NFC and the AFC side. Second pick overall, Alex, who you got? So I am hashtag trusting the process and taking the New England Patriots under seven and a half. Idiot. (laughs) James James is shaking his head and he's responsible for for my decision here. So I would love to to hear James' side of the argument. But it's so to to peel back the curtain here, James's win total model has them three wins below that number. And obviously, like Matt said, grain of salt on, on some of this stuff, but Having, you know, I don't necessarily believe that they would hit three games under, but having some amount under, I would believe in terms of division competition, the division got better with Aaron Rodgers moving to the Jets, one assumes. I honestly don't, this is potentially a spoiler for my opinion about other teams in the division, but like, I don't think that the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins are risky because of Tua and like he's one injury away from that team looking totally different. So I'd be nervous about betting them but like the bills are pretty solid obviously and so the competition in the division is tough and the team has made a lot of like kind of lateral moves the last couple years and and really i don't i don't necessarily see mac jones taking a big step forward with with the rest of the offense around him i'm taking chiefs over 11 and a half that's a good pick as long as Mahomes doesn't get injured oh yeah but i'll bet on patrick Mahomes any day of the week yeah, I'm with you there. The, the model had them at 12 and a half, so one win over what the Vegas total is. I don't have like any really intricate reasoning for this beyond they have Patrick Mahomes and yeah, James's betting model thinks they're actually a win better than the Vegas total would suggest. It's hard to see them losing six games with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think we need to belabor that opinion yeah. too much. Like. <laughs> My first pick I'll be taking is the Las Vegas Raiders under seven and a half wins. This has already seen some sentiment in the market being bet down from seven and a half at minus 181 to down to six and a half, minus 135 at Pinnacle. Obviously, the 50 cents, it correlates to that win, but that move was was finally made. I I just can't trust any of the moves really they made in the offseason. Bringing in Jimmy G, I don't know if they're trying to stand at limbo. I don't know if they're... We're certainly banking on him being healthy, which is another thing, because now their backup quarterback is Brian Hoyer. So if anything were to happen to Jimmy, going to Brian Hoyer doesn't scream eight wins to me. 
I just don't trust McDaniels as the coach. The the line is six and a half, right? Oh yeah. Sorry, yep, six yeah. and a half. Yep, that's my bad. Yeah, so the Raiders under six and a half wins. Sorry, I still take that any day of the week. But so you're disagreeing with the model. The model had eight, and you're saying under six and a half. You think they're trash. James has a brain. He's able to, you know, exert opinions over and above what a number tells him to, unlike me. Yes, I'm against the model in this one, for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you why Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get to nine and a half wins. Is or isn't? Is not. Is not. So you are agreeing with the model, but you didn't take who I wanted. Hooray. (laughs) Exactly. So this is our second biggest discrepancy, or the model's second biggest discrepancy. Uh, We have them around seven wins. Obviously, the finish to last year, is as a reason why the model brought down scoring six, six, and three points in your last three doesn't exactly scream confidence. Obviously, it's a new quarterback, so you can't fully blame the, the aspect in the roster from last year's results. But Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he can scare you. He can scare you in his good ways in being a top three, five quarterback in this league, and he can scare you by not wanting to play football anymore. And from last year playing in Green Bay, I just don't. His numbers were down. He wasn't as great. I just think going into this year with the Jets, I'm going to have to see something before I can believe them being a 10-win football team. I'm torn between a bet that I think is chalk and a bet can't be chalk. Like, these are all... No, no, no. no. This one's chalk. This one is a government handout. Take and then government handout. All right, fine. I'll, I'll take the government handout. But if I get if I get sniped on the other one I was considering, I'm going to be upset. So the one I'm going to take is Broncos under eight and a half. Government handout. Government handout. They were what, like a five-win team last year? I get that Sean Payton's in the building now. You no longer have a circus clown running the show. That's probably good for at least a win. I feel I feel nervous because they're the Chargers and something always goes wrong. But like they just, not that signing Herbert changes their outlook necessarily but i mean it, it expresses the sort of state of of the roster and and we talked last week about where he stands in terms of the the pantheon of of current quarterbacks and skill position players are good offensive line is you know has been not as as good in the past but like it looks all right at this point in time and the defense has some interesting players and and some guys that you're not sure what what to get but just a change in in coaching philosophy and a division that's maybe a little bit has has as I mentioned before, like the division could be very good, but also does definitely have some vulnerability to it. And at the end of the day, i'm I'm sort of banking on Herbert being the top, you know three quarterback that he has shown to be at least capable of in in for stretches. So the bills with the over. Their over-under was set at 10 and a half. So betting on the Bills to go at least 11 and 6, I feel really good about that. There is a scenario, I think, this year where things really sort of fall apart in Buffalo. I just think it's not a likely scenario. And so like maybe there's like some really bad cases for them. I just think that more of the cases end up with 11 wins or more than than the bad cases so i like the over here a lot the model likes the over here a lot at 12 and a half sort of concerned about whatever's been going on with stefan diggs and and how that figures into everything but i'm i'm mostly encouraged i think they're a well-run team a smart team well coached well managed and the diversification of the offense that i'm expecting this year with a little bit more balance i think 
even with the improved division, puts them puts them over that threshold. I'm taking the under on the Tennessee Titans. Their line was seven and a half. Our model projects them for six and a half, and our model nailed it. They've got 16 quarterbacks on their roster. They all stink. I don't care that they signed an old receiver to try to make up for their their past sins. They'll try hard, which is like the worst thing about this. And like they they they've hit this number before, but I think I think they stink. And I'm happy to take the under on them. Yeah, I mean they've been they've been kind of the treasury back. Yeah, Tannehill, Tannehill, Tannehill. So not hands down, not Malik Willis. No, not not. What's what's the rookie's name? Will Levis. Not Levis. No. They've got they got 16 quarterbacks. All of them stink. Under. The offensive line is also a shadow of its former self. I don't know. Maybe Levis comes in and he's he has that that Josh Allen change where he just snaps his fingers and becomes an awesome pro right away. But he wasn't an awesome pro right away. That's true. Like in that multiple be years, yeah. I, I the the Titans have been teetering from be from sort of like dropping out into irrelevance and like Derrick Henry has sustained production that I think a lot of people were not assuming would happen and he's like the exception to the rule of like a, being able to drive team level production with running back production. I'm gonna make a slight disagreement with the model and I'm. I feel like based on our conversations, I could see James wanting this pick, which is the Jaguars over. Oh, yeah, that's a good No, that's a good pick. That's a good one. I've been slight. Our model is only coming to nine there. Surprise me. It's a nine and a half line. Our model had just nine. I agree. I had marked that as an over on my list. Yeah. As as Matt so eloquently pointed out, the Titans, not good. The Texans, not good. The Colts. I guess we don't really know, but probably not great. And so that drives a lot of a lot of it. But also just the Trevor Lawrence advancement year over year. The defense has some guys on it. The I don't know if I expect them to do a ton of things in the playoffs, but I expect that given the situation they find themselves in, that they're going to have a pretty strong regular season. They also play the NFC South. Quality teams. They should be good, but I mean, like, the model knows their roster right. the model knows that their schedule and, and who they're going to be going against and it still just comes to nine that uh, that's like the only thing that gives me pause i'm going to take the texans under six and a half oh interesting another woeful afc south team i know that people are excited about Biko ryan's i think the arrow is pointing up in general on this franchise well, I, right like well it doesn't again it would, to be. there's only one arrow direction no, it it no, it could be hard. I'm aligned. Sure. I can I can tell you, like things can always skip. Things I, can, see, I don't like this because they're not motivated to lose because they gave up their first round pick. I I like them. I see them as like trying aggressively to. Since win. when does being motivated to lose inform what they do? Yeah, see last season, you know. Yeah, like they. Yeah, just win they win. So the yeah, other way, I was like, yeah, it's just like win, they just win games when they shouldn't. You know, I don't know. Yeah, but. They were a three-win team last year. I guess that they added quite a bit of talent this year. It's still young talent. I have questions like their second in general across. I, I do like their secondary. Yeah, yeah. I think Stingley's going to be great. Desmond King's an underrated player. I like Jimmy Ward. I can never pronounce the former Baylor safety's last name, Jalen Petrie. 
I think is how you say it, but I could be wrong. That's how I say it. So that works for me. A little bit concerned about their front six. I like Stroud going forward. I don't know if he's going to be an amazing year one player. I just, I have a hard time seeing them be four wins better than they were last year. All they got to do is steal some games against the other crappy teams in their division. All right. Bryce had a strong, strong draft going until that spot. Let's see if you can salvage your auspicious start. Okay. So going with the previous line of thinking, if the Patriots aren't going to win games, the Jets aren't going to win games, and the Bills are going to win the amount of games that they should win, that means the Miami Dolphins are going to win a lot of games in that division. I think bringing in Vic Fangio was a huge, huge, huge get for them, as well as bringing in Jalen Ramsey to solidify back into the defense. You have Jalen Phillips who took a step forward last year with Bradley Chubb there as well on the D-line, who he played, played with Fangio in Denver. And the Dolphins' offense, obviously a lot of it comes down to his health. But if he can be the player that he was last year at, when he beat the Bills, beat it with the Bills in Buffalo in that snowstorm at the end of the year, and a team that was going pretty close with them in the playoffs last year, I think if that team stays healthy, the Miami Dolphins can very much go over their win total of nine and a half. Our model has them at 10. And I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens over. Damn it. Yeah, you keep taking the good ones. Why are you doing that? You just made by far the best two picks that were available on the board, James. Congratulations. You win. Thanks. Appreciate it. After my quote-unquote unreasonable start by some would say. <laughs> I think with the Ravens, with the Ravens, it obviously, as it has the past two or three years after his MVP season, comes down to Lamar. Lamar being able to stay healthy and Lamar being able to take a step forward in the offense. Obviously, this division is no joke. Already talked about Steelers and then the Bengals and Browns are bona fide teams that can push for playoffs and if things go right, play for a Super Bowl. Luckily, with the division, with the schedule breakdown, just like how the Steelers get the NFC West and the AFC South, the Ravens also get the AFC South and the NFC West. Their only differences lie in the fact they have to play also play the Dolphins, Chargers, and Lions which are all tough teams to play. Year in and year out, this team nails the draft. So the talent is certainly there. And bringing in Todd Munkin from Georgia to reinvigorate the offense a little bit, get some more pass, pro, or get some more pass plays in there and see what Lamar can do through the air will certainly be interesting to watch. When it comes down to it, I just think John Harbaugh coaches his team well, coaches his team well regardless of who's playing quarterback and, and who's on the field for them. And I think he's a, he's a coach who just wins football games. So the Ravens getting to 10, I think is very, very viable and probably the preferred method. I'm going to take Colts under six and a half. Our models got them at five. I myself am a bit skeptical of them, particularly that secondary. I'm a believer in Anthony Richardson long-term. I think it there's potential for year one to look kind of ugly for him. I know it's a weak division. They might steal some wins there, but I don't know. It's quarterback is such a, is such a driving force. And Richardson is definitely not the most polished coming out of school. I I think it's hard for them to get to seven wins. I think they're going to get passed on. I don't know how well they're going to be able to pass. So I'm going to take the Bengals under 11. I acknowledge that the team is good and that I don't expect them to like tick relative to expectations, but we just talked about the Steelers potentially being an over-candidate, the Ravens being an over-candidate, the Browns, who knows what to expect with Deshaun Watson, but like theoretically could 
pick things up after last year. So the schedule might be kind of tough. And I'm still not entirely sure that the way that Joe Burrow plays quarterback is conducive to like consistent success because of the sacks and and that kind of stuff. And there's still a little bit of uncertainty about what that offensive line is going to look like. And the defense has kind of been picked apart a little bit over the last couple of years. So I kind of similar to the Bills where there's like, it's a good team. I still think they'll be good, but I'm not sure if they've sort of hit their ceiling already. I, as I mentioned, am going to pick a team that's already been picked, but pick it in the opposite direction, which is allowed. So for this one, I will be opposing Bryce and I'll take the over on the Houston Texans at six and a half. I mentioned before, I expect them to be trying to win this year, even though Alex pointed out the flaws of my logic there. I think that the division's terrible. I think that the young players that they brought on should be able to help them relatively quickly. Talked about how I like their secondary. I think they finally have some really some some better management in the building there. And so I'm I'm bullish on them. I think they can keep games close on the strength of their secondary and what D'Amico Ryans can cook up front. There's one team that we didn't talk about, and it is the Cleveland Browns. Their line is nine and a half. Our model has them at ten and a half. I'm locked in on my opinion on this one. Are you guys in agreement that this should be an over? No. Go I, on. It's, uh, I don't feel strongly about the under, but I don't feel strongly about the over. This is probably something that I would avoid if I was putting money on it. Yeah. I, I'm not super comfortable with betting money on Deshaun Watson, so <laughs> I agree with that. I, with our model, will be going pretty chalk here, and I will be taking the Minnesota Vikings under eight and a half wins. A good pick. A good pick. That's nice. what I was expecting. I mean, it's pretty chalky considering what everyone thought of the Vikings throughout most of last year. And yeah, their line reflects that their record from last year was somewhat of a fluke. But even beyond that, I think I buy this. It's been all season last year talking about how the the Vikings and especially the Giants were frauds. I wonder how quickly the Giants come up because their their win total I'm looking at it is also at at eight and a half, and they seemed even more fraudulent than the Vikings to me last year. So I don't know. We'll wait. We'll wait to talk about them. I'm going to take the chalk that I thought James was going to take because I thought this was clearly the best one. I'm going to take Eagles over 10 and a half. That is the chalkiest chalk. I'm just happy you got there before Alex could steal it from under me. Our model has them at a win total of 14 and a half, which I think is probably a little high. And it's fair to it's expect like, a bit. Alex was saying about how the model will predict things that you would never like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's still a, a really, really talented team. 10 and a half just seems super super low with all the talent on that roster. Even factoring in a bit of regression last year, I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL, especially if Jalen Hurts continues on his upward trajectory. I think 10.5 is a gimme. I think that the the 10.5 is like reflective of a little bit of caution about a team that kind of like shows up and, and looks like a world beater with sort of like one season, especially based on a quarterback that's doing that. So I to some extent by the skepticism and obviously they've had to like entirely remake the defense and have different coordinators on both sides of the ball so like there's a lot of theoretical uncertainty but it's a pretty 
uh, you know, the organization is, is very stable. And I think that it's, you know, 10 and a half feels a little low, if not like a lot low, like, like the model suggests. So yeah, so speaking of my own personal biases, my bias is against the Giants. So (laughs) I'll be taking the Giants under eight and a half. For what it's worth, the model does not actually suggest that this is a hard under. We have it at a little smidge decimal points under eight wins. But in terms of, as James mentioned, sort of like the price they're they're minus 220 to be under that eight and a half so very strong lean in that direction and similar i mean you know we just talked about the vikings like it's the same story and there's a little bit i mean the giants are doing a little bit more of like running it back where they brought they kept their big name guys that were all the the talk was about their contract situations maybe darren waller moves the needle a little bit on the offensive side but probably not too much and you know, there's some interesting pieces on the defensive side, but it's just like, I, mostly this is just like a bet against Daniel Jones. Our model loves the Detroit Lions. The model has them for 13 wins, which I'm trying to wrap my head around, but the over-under set at nine and a half, and I like the over as far as that comes. So I'm going to take the Detroit Lions with my first pick there, and I'll turn it to Bryce for analysis. I think that's a very risky proposition. I think like this isn't situation like the 49ers where basically every spot on the roster is better than positional average except quarterback jared goff is probably a little bit better than like a brock purdy but we've done this song and dance literally as you say that i'm looking at the sonar depth chart at the 3013.com for the lines and every position except one of their receivers is is above average based on our ratings (laughs) Uh, disagree you disagree with our ratings well and it's only because jameson williams is out yeah, he'll be back. I'm excited about Williams returning. He looked good down the stretch last year. The offensive line is good. I am worried about the linebackers. I'm not sure that Jack Campbell is like an instant impact player, much less uh, first-round talent to begin with. I think the defensive line is a bit spotty in places. I'm not super confident in the corner group, and Jared Goff is the quarterback. Ooh, so he hates my pick. I don't hate it. Like, it, they very well could win 10 games i just would never bet on jared golf ever and going hand in hand with the over on the lions as alex indicated i am taking the under on the bears going straight chalk homie their line is seven and a half that seems unbelievably high to me our model has them at five and a half that sounds more accurate another easy pick for the mano you're out 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 on justin fields huh i didn't say that me just trashed his team there, no. there are other concerns. Not on his team. Like, I'm not on his team. I'm not out on him. I was going to ask because I genuinely don't know unless I missed something. What did this team do anything in the off season to get better? Yeah, they got DJ uh, Moore. Moore. DJ Moore. Yeah, but again, I don't know. Defensively, this team still isn't great. I think that's a asking for a four win bump from what they were in last year. Certainly, is too much for a team that didn't do a whole lot. And I think there's still question marks on this offensive line. And I will say. Drafting and bringing Roshan Johnson was probably pretty solid, but again, we're talking about running backs, and I don't know who really wants to do that nowadays. Yeah, I this is this was my next pick if Matt didn't take uh, take the Bears under, so I fully in full agreement. Uh, speaking of of teams that have quarterback situations that we're not sure if we trust, I'm going to take the under on six and a half wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like it. Yeah, I mean they were already like 
the roster around Brady, it was not quite as elite last year. You know, they, they, they have run it back the last couple of years to a large extent. And so it's just like you're taking the same a largely collection of players and they're just getting a little bit older and, and, and you don't have that consistency at the quarterback position and you're there's a lot of room for for downside there. I do still think that the division I mean this is I guess true in a lot of in a lot of NFC divisions. The division is not awesome. But I'm a little higher, I think, on the other teams in the NFC South. Like I think there's a, a pretty high probability that the the Bucks are the worst team in that division and the other teams are there's enough like range of outcomes for the other teams in the NFC South where like a couple of them are actually kind of good that I think that that'll contribute a little bit but it's mostly just like the quarterback situation drops off a cliff and everybody else is just kind of a year older all right back to the NFC North I'm taking Packers under seven and a half love it love it Explain to the listeners why you took the best the best bet on the board. So Rogers is obviously gone, but outside he's so far gone. Great, yeah. he was he was so far gone last year, and we have no idea what Jordan Love is. He's been sitting on the bench for what three years now. The wide receiver room is not great. David Bakhtiari is probably never going to play football again. The interior offensive line is pretty good, but. The tackles are iffy. And then the defense is the defense is weird because they have some they have some really talented players at some really key positions like Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, but I think there's a lot of holes in that defense in general. And them being an eight win team last year with Rodgers and things don't be seem to be getting better there. I'm I'm taking under seven and a half all day. But the first one I'm going to take is the Atlanta Falcons over eight and a half. Love it. Was next on my board. Obviously, the same thing applies to the quarterback situation. You no idea what Desmond Ritter is. Defensively, though, this team's putting some things together, bringing in Okuda, and I think there was a, there was another big name acquisition they had. Okay, this, oh, is, this is where we deep. Yep. I'm I'm not rating. I didn't say Okuda was with you. I was I was with you until until Okuda was brought up. Yeah, I mean, he, at this point, he probably sees some fresh air. He has not been great, or some might say not even good lately. But, you know, bring him in, bring in a secondary, you know, with A.J. Terrell, who obviously had a down year last year, but the year before that was obviously one of the top, considerably one of the top five corners in the league. And yeah, I, obviously, you hear about all the hype around B. John Robinson. The weapons that they have with London Pitts is very, I mean, obviously can do a lot of things with. Yeah, I, I kind of like the upside with this team. The division's in flux, like the whole NFC is, theme of the day. And this can this can be a team with the right steps taken forward can can surprise some people this year. Why do you guys love it? Because I'm I'm less loving of this. So I understand not being super enthusiastic about it with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I do think that their schedule is very favorable in the first half of the year. They start, let's see, Panthers at home, Packers at home at Lions, at Jaguars, Texans at home, Commanders at home, Bucks in Tampa, Titans in Nashville, and then Vikings at home. Oh, and then they they go on the road to play the Cardinals. Like that's not that's not a murderer's row by any means. And I think they're pretty talented at a lot of positions on offense. I think Arthur Smith has a good idea of what he's doing. I think Bijan Robinson helps elevate that offense a little bit, if not if not a ton. 
I'm not super high on Jesse Bates, but that's a good addition. They they did some good stuff. I do feel like, you know, we could just made similar arguments about the skill position players a year ago. And yeah, they did some the offensive scheme combined with Mariota, like it was just like a really strange look for an offense that hopefully will be with a with a full off season where they're they're sort of galvanized behind Ritter. I think there's a chance that it looks a little bit more cohesive. Staying in the NFC South and taking another high swing is the Carolina Panthers over seven and a half. Seriously going James, James took the the top two on my uh my list. So took them in the wrong order though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the problem is I think one of these teams contends for the NFC South. I don't know which one it's gonna be. I would, the problem. That's the solution. Sure, but in terms of picking <laughs> one or the other, I I couldn't tell you, so I'll take them both because I like them. Both. I like the prospects of both of them. Before we get to Bryce Young, I think the coaching staff that the Panthers brought in with Frank Reich and Josh McCown and Ajaro Evero is a really, really good get from what they could have. Obviously, we talked about the Broncos in the last podcast, but the Broncos defense last year was certainly an anchor that kept them kind of floating, I guess to say. But I think bringing him in with having guys like Brian Burns and J.C. Horn coming back from injury. This Panthers defense last year, they're 20th in EPA per play on defense. It's not great, but I think there is certainly upside there with the new scheme that Evero brings in. Offensively, you bring in some veteran guys. You bring in a Miles Sanders. You bring in Adam Thielen to bring out some vets around Bryce Young and this new offense that's going to take shape. Ikea Kwanu, you drafted him last year as a staple left tackle. So there's pieces around Young for him to succeed. Now, obviously, it's another one of those rookie quarterback situations where you frankly just don't know. But I think there's a lot of good things in place that the Panthers could potentially get over this win total, especially with that division that they're in. I wish I liked their offense better. I think trading DJ Moore for Adam Thielen is not inspiring a lot of confidence. I Not literally trading DJ Moore for Adam yes, Thielen. Sure, yes. Swapping, yes. Yeah. Want anybody coming at you in the comments. They, they'll have other reasons, I'm sure. But I think, and like, you know, as a team that that had Christian McCaffrey for years, like Miles Sanders is not going to remind anyone of Christian McCaffrey in, in terms of, of skill set and how well he handles high volume and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that there's enough there to be kind of interesting. And certainly the model likes the Panthers a lot. And yeah, like I said, I the Falcons and Panthers were right next to each other in my list as well but i actually at least personally see have i can i feel like i'm dreaming on the panthers a little more than i am with the falcons i feel like i see it more with the falcons no i mean the big thing that i liked why i would have taken the panthers just before the falcons they were literally back to back on my list too i would have taken them because the line is seven and a half for them yeah and i that is a more enticing over than the eight and a half for the falcons but i think you guys summed it up their defense is kind of awesome their defense should be pretty awesome this year. I think it would be surprising if their defense didn't largely kind of like pick up where it left off and you get Derek Brown and Brian Burns and Frankie Lugu and all, all kinds of players. J.C. Horn coming back healthy and what he can be when he's at his best. He could have been somebody we were talking about on the top 10 list easily. So I love all that. Theoretically, they've got the tackle position figured out offensively. You know, just like the Giants, they have young guys. They could be good there. Well, I don't know if you consider Taylor Moten how young he is at this point. But you feel good about their their tackles. But then, yeah, it's kind of like they've gotten like this mercenary group of skill players to go along with that this year. It's going to be all eyes on on Bryce Young and 
if he can do enough to win games with the good defense, I think that's kind of like how they play well this year. If he's completely overwhelmed, that's how they, they'd struggle. But I think the defense will keep games close, and I'm hopeful that a year from now we're talking about some more enticing skill players to go along with him, You know, assuming everybody kind of graduates a year and, and is ready to be really in full compete mode at that point. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I'm not a believer in Bryce Young at all. What 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 is their recipe for being a league average better offense next year look like or this year look like? To be league average or better, I think league average is probably their peak. It's that's probably their ceiling. Yeah. So, it, but but how do they get there? Is it just like Bryce Young go balls to DJ Shark and Darius Marshall and? Oh, I think I think they're winning games like 16-13 and stuff like that. Who do you like more, Bryce Bryce Young or Kenny Pickett from last year? Yeah, I think. You see, you see the uh, Bryce Young, the way that it would look. I think it would look similar to Baker Mayfield's rookie year with Cleveland. I think that's what a successful offense would look like for them this year. Ball distribution, not overwhelming any everybody, but not being overwhelmed by the speed of the game, showing the accuracy that we all expect from him, not getting knocked out like Tua. And I think then at that point, if they were way below average, you'd be really concerned, right? I feel like they should be like a, a third quadrant team this year offensively. I guess you guys are a lot higher on the defense than I am. They've, I they've got some good players, but and, and I like uh, the addition of Evero, but outside of like Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn. And that's a guy at each position group. I don't know. I think there's some holes on that defense. We shall find out. All right. I think we're back over to you, Bryce. So if you're so smart, you make the pick. Well, everybody's stolen all mine which is unfortunate. So I have to dig deep for this one. I'm going to take 49ers over 11 and a half. Ugh. Don't feel great about it. This goes back to our discussion about the Lions over. As a general of thumb, I don't like betting on bad and or inconsistent quarterbacks. And the 49ers, I think, don't even have their quarterback situation figured out this year. But that team is so talented. The defense is really, really good. Their offensive skill positions are really good. They won 13 games last year. Brock Purdy starting in five of them. I'm I'm not sure how much the quarterback situation even matters at this point with Kyle Shanahan. The division is not very good. I'll I'll take it over 11 and a half. I don't think it's slam dunk. We'll take the Saints over nine and a half. Ooh, love that pick because you did not interfere with either of picks. Go on. So again. NFC South has a lot of uncertainty. We just talked about multiple teams where they could go either way. I think the Saints are, I feel probably the best about them in the division for what's worth the the lines agree with that. And I... And the model agrees with it too. Yeah. And yeah, so for what's worth, the, the James's model has them at 10 and a half. And I, I think, this, I, yeah, this is another team where I don't expect them to win 12 games, but I think that they have decent quarterback play and pretty good skill position players around. Who knows what the Camara situation? I mean, that's the whole thing. And a pretty solid defense. And so it's, it's, I almost see it as like an upgraded, like if you took the Panthers and you just like leveled up the offense across the board, then you get the Saints. And so I feel pretty good about like the quality of the team, if not being like, I, I certainly don't expect them to 
be competing for like a buy or anything like that. I will take the Los Angeles Rams under. Oh my, I think they are trash. This was the other pick I was choosing between. So, Yeah, our model had them teed up for me as something that was flagged as the expects only to win four and a half games. The line there at six and a half. Even though I'm a little bit afraid of Sean McVay, I'm not afraid of almost anything else on this roster. Not even Aaron Donald, as he represents one of the only bright spots remaining on their defense. I look at the the sonar depth chart that we have for them at 33rdteam.com, and it's really trash all around. The offensive line was garbage last year. I think the R offensive line is going to promise to be garbage again. Nobody's afraid of a team that's starting Skronek at, at receiver. I mean, they tried to trade Tra- Strafford because, uh, Stafford because he's a, a shell of himself and is no longer a healthy, functioning NFL quarterback. So for a lot of reasons... I want the under on the Rams. I am going to, again, be taking the under. This time, just barely agreeing with the model. The Arizona Cardinals are listed at four and a half, and I've got them at four. And I've got a couple of reasons for this. Reason number one, again, pull up their depth chart. It is really, really ugly looking at a lot of positions. But even more so than that, I'm worried about this franchise. I'm not worried about it. I think this franchise has already reached rock bottom and they're in the phase over the next year where they can't even begin to climb out of rock bottom. They're just kind of like stuck at the at the bottom of a sewer somewhere. I think that the sort of malice that's gone on in this franchise is on that level. I think unlike you guys know that I like the over on the, the Texans wins because they don't have to take. I think this team is organizationally tanking this year. And so maybe they want to make the change at quarterback and get their their pick of the litter next year. But I think that this this organization is going to need more time. And so even with the numbers set at four and a half, I take the under here. Would your answer change at all if we knew 100% that Kyler Murray would be back from his ACL week one? Yes. I don't expect him to be back week one. I, I don't either. I, I was just asking because I was when I when I was going through these, I was looking at that and I was like four and a half is not a lot of games. Like if if Kyler Murray was healthy for all sixteen or all seventeen games, I'd probably take the over. But he might not be back for the first couple of weeks. He might not be a hundred percent when he finally does get back. Yeah, I, I get. I agree with that stuff. I think that, and then I think there's like this whole game that you play where like. If he's not back in time and they're playing well, like, do you play him and they're not playing well? Do you play him in that scenario? And then there become like injury questions with uncertain, you know, future considerations. So to me, I think I, this one seemed like it could get ugly for me. I could understand not wanting to take under four and a half because it's just unlikely that teams lose that many games. But I think this team's that bad. Yeah, I think that the the risk is basically like Murray comes back a lot earlier than we expect and is not hampered too much in those first couple games because just like a competent quarterback is enough to get out from under that number. Yeah, I kind of expect him to like not want to be a part of this, not be in yeah. back. I think he's ready to come back. They're kind of like already eliminated mm-hmm. and they're like, well, we shouldn't even play him anyway. Like that's, yeah, that's I think that that's the more likely outcome on on one end of the spectrum basically i'm sticking with the brand and going with the under six and a half wins no man obvious go birds but it's definitely the most like 
me being a homer I've expo- exposed in any of these episodes that I've been. But so the commanders have decent, like, I, I guess I honestly, like, we, we've been talking about like, a handful of teams that have, have, like, a couple of guys on both sides of the ball and their quarterback situation is not great. And the commanders are in that same category as like the Panthers. It's just that they have less upside in my opinion. And for what it's worth, the, the line is in line with that. And our model suggests that they're more in line for five wins than six and a half. So yeah, the, the division is to whatever extent I think that the giants are not necessarily a threat. Like the Cowboys are pretty good. The Eagles are pretty good. And in general, I just like to, uh, with the exception of a 49ers type situation, I tend to lean towards whatever the quarterback situation is and, and kind of trust that. And so that's wh- that's why I'm on the low end for the commanders. But again, this is, you know, this is my last pick, so I don't feel super confident about it. Yeah, Matt can tell me if he agrees with me on this. I would feel a bit worse about taking the commanders under if I had any confidence that they would named Jacoby Brissett the starter because I think Brissett is actually like somewhat capable whereas I think Sam Howell will be a dumpster fire well, but we don't know yet I don't think we I don't, I don't know we can't I if all things being equal I would expect Brissett to be better than Howell and I would be more nervous about going under six and a half with him but that doesn't mean that I think that Brissett is like their better choice like probably they should give Howell a shot even though Brissett's been like a uh, sort of top tier backup and like actually statistically like kind of fine when in a starting role yeah yeah but all goal is to hit the if your goal is to hit the over as a team sure but like that's not what the commanders are trying to do yeah and all indications are that Howell's going to be the starter and the battle is essentially for show speaking of of that is a risk though i think that's a risk of taking the under here i was very unsure if i would go over and under here because i hate the commanders but there's enough things to see with like their defense and with Jacoby Brissett, where like figuring out how to win seven games was like totally possible. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cowboys overnight. We have belabored the point throughout this podcast that we do not think the NFC East is very strong in general. I am an outspoken believer in Dak Prescott. I think they have strengths elsewhere on the roster. I really like CeeDee Lamb. The offensive line is not as dominant as they were during the first couple of years of Dak's career, but they're still pretty good. I think they have some difference makers on defense. I would not count Trayvon Diggs among them, but Parsons is arguably the best edge rusher in the NFL. If Dak is healthy for all 17 games, it's hard for me to see them being less than a 10-win team. In that Even if I don't think they're like, uh, you know, vying for a bye or going to make it to the Super Bowl, I still think that team can be pretty competitive. I want to call out all of you Sam Howell haters, because <laughs> I like the Commanders over this year. Nice! That defense last year was still fifth in EPA per play on defense. And if they can do something with Taylor Heineke the last three years and have a minimum seven wins won from each season, I don't know. I, I like this team. I like the weapons that they have. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, both a solid one-two punch at receiver. Brian Robinson came into his own last year at the end of the year as well. I just, it's an, it's a new day in Washington. It's a new day. And I, I think they can, I think they break through the six and a half wins this year. I will note that as we talked about my pick of the commanders under, 
I became less and less confident in my opinion. So I might agree with you now in a way that I did not agree with you three minutes ago. Oh, uh, other. Yeah, that's so pixel. Oh, yeah. I'm a flighty, flighty beast. And what about you, Bryce? Because I felt like James was actually like coming at you personally. I thought he said something about like your family and where you're from <laughs> and kind of coming back at you there. I just rewind if you didn't hear that. I, I don't understand having any optimism about Sam Howell in the year 2023. He never got a ch- He's never had a chance. Yeah, he had yeah. a chance. He had plenty of chances in North Carolina, and he acknowledging the uncertainty. That's the optimism: is that there's an uncertain future. Were you high on Taylor Heineke the last two years? Do you have no? But he's probably better than Sam Howell. Is Taylor Heineke your family member that he was coming after? I don't know. We we saw Sam Howell play in college. People, I, I don't think we have any proof. I mean, you know, we it's like been the the topic du jour for the last two years that quarterbacks can improve. Some of us elder statesmen saw Tom Brady and Manning play in college. What are the outstanding <laughs> traits? Like, I thought, dude, he was poor man's Baker Mayfield. And now we know that Baker Mayfield is poor man's Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what are what were the outstanding traits that Sam Howell? No, oh, that's not his like, argument. Stop it. That's not his argument. His argument is just we don't know yet. No, I'm talking about Alex saying that guys can improve. Because, like, we're talking, when, when we say that, we're referencing guys like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but the so I think that that's a false equivalency in the sense that I don't think that Sam Howell is liable to become a top five quarterback like Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, right, who have improved. But that doesn't mean that an improvement isn't possible. Like he could still improve and not have awesome traits and be fine. Like the 36th best quarterback in the NFL? I'm like 26, <laughs> but but 26 best quarterback in the NFL with that defense and those players could be enough. So just play Brissett. I can't wait until Jordan Love and Sam Howell are top half average quarterbacks this year. For our producer Justin Stein, as well as the football RD team here at Sports Info Solutions, Alex Vigerman, Bryce Rossler, and James Weaver. I'm Matt Maticharian, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Info Solutions Off the Charts Football Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>